This week on the Baseline Podcast, we talk about how the Reds, yes, are a game and a half back of the wild card, but does that truly mean that they're going to be in the playoffs in October? We also discuss my biggest surprises of the year in baseball and how the Cubs struggling is very demoralizing for so many reasons to how Shohei Otani is well-being Shohei Otani and how hitting is coming back, and that makes Ben very happy. And then we also discuss the NFL preseason and how I love it, but I also hate it, and how the sad news of Tim Tebow will affect me and so many other people. And then we finish up by discussing my big proposal to the NCAA and how these two things could change college football for years to come. That and so much more up next on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Baseline Podcast. My name is Ben, and on this podcast, we try to cover all the angles of all the sports, of every big story to every small detail. We try to cover all the angles. Now, does that mean we're going to get to everything? Probably not, uh, but we try, we hope. And so I hope that you have come to enjoy talking about sports. It's what I love to do. I talk about sports quite a bit, so I hope that you will tune in and uh, we'll, we'll talk about some sports today. So uh, I'm super excited to have another episode. This is episode number five, which is, uh, it's kind of crazy uh, that, that there's been that many already. But one of my favorite things is that uh, we, t- we talk about different sports, right? Like I, I love certain sports. I love certain teams. So yeah, primarily I talk about those. Uh, but one of my favorite things is just talking about the specific sport in general. And so we're going to start with baseball because, well, one, we're, we're in baseball season, which can be good and bad. Um, I, it's, it's one of those things where I, I love baseball, but like baseball's ending. So it's kind of sad, not really ending, but it's coming to the end of the season. Uh, but one of my favorite things is watching the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds are my team that I grew up on for, I mean, my whole life. Uh, my, my mom. I'm not my mom, mom, maybe you a little bit, but mainly dad and my brother, we grew up watching sports together and the reds were something we watched. And so it, it is awesome to see the traje- trajectory. There we go. That word of the reds, right? Like they started out as, you know, when I was younger, decent, you know, they got, they got okay. And then they got really good in the 2010s, the beginning, then they got bad. And now they're, they're decent again. They're good. And they're game and a half back of the wild card, which if you don't know baseball, the wild card is two teams make the wild card. They play a game. The winner goes on to the divisional series. And so that is huge, right? Like that is something that is, that's huge for Reds fans. Hopefully we can actually win playoff games. Like we haven't won a playoff game in, I don't know how many years. Um, But I, I want to, I want to pose this because yeah, it's awesome and everything. But I pose a question, have the Reds ever really hit their peak this season? Um, you see Joey Votto hitting amazing, but he only did that for part of the season. He was hurt. He wasn't being consistent. Castellanos has been great, but he was just came off the IL. Winker just went on the IL. The bullpen's been injured. Some of the starters have been injured. So I pose a question, will the Reds ever get healthy? And I also will say this, yeah, they're a game and a half back, but unless they are fully healthy, I don't see them making the playoffs. It's a fact that I struggle with as a Reds fan, but I'm also, it's a reality that the Reds are one of those teams that they need the whole, their whole roster to contribute. They don't have, they have, you know, guys that are really good, but they don't have that, you know, star pitcher or that, 
you know, that batter that consistently do it all year. It feels like they're always an injury or some sort outside of like Jonathan India, who's turned out to be a rookie of the year candidate. And in my opinion, rookie of the year. And so like you have those things. And I think that is where the Reds, it's the difference between making the playoffs and not is one, staying healthy and two, having consistency. Yeah. Joey Votto is tearing the cover off the ball. He's in the top, I think six or whatever of RBIs. He's, top two in home runs in the NL NL. And it, and it is crazy. I mean, I, if I look, you know, it's, it is quite fascinating because, um, you know, he's, you know, Joey Votto is playing really well. What I'm trying to say is like Joey Votto is playing really well. Castellanos for most of the year was playing really well. He got injured. Winker, same thing, but he went through a slump. The good teams, the teams that win the world series have guys that do this all year round. And, and, I don't know if they'll ever have that. They haven't had a really a closer all year. So you have like a lot of these things that add up. And and that's my question is, will the Reds not only ever be healthy, but I should say, will the Reds ever be a full squad, a full team? And I just sometimes imagine what they could be like, what these, this Reds team, even the last two years worth of teams, what could they, what could have they been, you know? I think that's how you say it. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's fascinating to me. It's, it's a, it's an interesting aspect, uh, but at the same time, it's it's really cool. And um, yeah, it, it's I, I'm interested to see how the Reds do and how the how they continue to work and how they continue to improve. Hopefully, they make the playoffs. We'll we'll see. Um, but one of the coolest things uh, is I always love about baseball is the surprises, right? Like the the good and the bad, the surprises of the the season, the surprises of of the year, really, of a full year calendar worth. Um, and so I have five surprises in baseball that I think is fascinating. Um, you might not think they're surprised. Maybe you thought that's what's going to happen all along. But to me, these these are some surprises. So starting with number one is the Cubs struggling. The Cubs right now, uh, I looked at it. It's atrocious. They're 52 and 69. They've lost like 12 straight. The Reds just beat them. They traded everyone away at the deadline. We talked about that. It is sad to see because I love the Cubs Reds rivalry. I knew like they had the field of dreams, which we'll get to in a second. Like it, it is so cool to see the the rivalry. And when you have one team struggling, it's not the same. But also just seeing the Cubs culture and like they won a World Series not too long ago. And to see them have to rebuild, it's it's very interesting. I never understood rebuilding. I struggle to see it sometimes, but it is definitely a fascinating aspect of not just baseball, but every sport. And when you have a team that's so successful that now starts struggling, you always ask the question, did they pull the plug too early? Could they have just said, hey, this year's a a wash. We'll try it again next year. I know they had guys on ending contracts, but yeah, it is fascinating. You know, do they bring Chris Bryant back in the offseason? Do they try to bring some of their guys back now that they got something for him? That rarely happens. Uh, we'll see what happens, but that's my surprise. Number one surprise. Number two is this, the reds hitting, which has been a big surprise. I'm going to be totally honest. I knew they were decent hitters last year. Pretty good. But to have like Votto show up out of nowhere at 37 years old and some of these other veterans really hit the ball. Well, India Stevenson, some of these rookies, their hitting has been amazing. And along with that, their pitching has absolutely sucked. I mean, it's, it's been one of the worst pitching performances of a team I have seen in a very long time. Their bullpen's bad. Their starters are decent, 
But if you don't have pitching with hitting, you ain't winning World Series. And I don't see them winning a World Series unless they get both figured out. If they had the pitching that, let's say the, you know, not the Astros, like the Dodgers have or, you know, some of these other teams, I think you, you're you talking them in the top, or the Brewers, like you're talking top five in baseball. But right now they don't. So that's been a surprise for me. I, I'm a little shocked in multiple facets. But uh, at the end of the day, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely shocking to me. Um, my next big surprise, and to some it's not a big surprise, but to me personally, I didn't see him happening. It didn't happen this this way, I guess. It's Shohei Otani. We all know the dude's a freak. The dude leads, I believe, he leads majors in home runs. Yeah. Yeah, he's got 39. The next guy's got 35. He's only got 86 RBIs, which is always weird to see a guy with a lot of home runs, few RBIs. But the guy, the way he pitches on the mound, like the, my biggest surprise is the fact that he is both hitting and pitching really well. Like we've seen guys try it, and this is the closest thing we've seen to Babe Ruth, the guy that can pitch and hit with consistency. I think Shohei Otani is a guy that's going to be a game changer for years to come. I think you're going to see more players coming through college ranks, international free agents. I think you're going to see more players have this ability to do multiple positions, especially pitching and hitting. Uh, you know, Michael Lorenzen kind of comes to mind, some other guys, but no one at this level. And that's what's surprising. It's like, I knew he's good, but I didn't think he was going to be this good, this quick at this age. I think you could see him for the next 10, 15, 10, 12 years be a solid everyday player, both pitching and hitting. And I, I, th- I think in the future, you might see him move to the bullpen and focus on hitting, but who knows? It's Shohei Otani. The dude's a freak. Who knows what will happen? And on top of that, another shocker to me and, and a surprise to me is the NL East. Now, the reason why I say the NL East, and this is the main reason. The NL East is one of those things that it feels like it's every two years with them, right? Like every two years, they have a really close race for the top three, and they have two really bad teams. So happens the top three this year is Braves, Phillies, Mets, all separated by three games, three and a half, four games. But then you have the Nationals. The Nationals who a few years ago won the World Series. And now you're talking them as one of the worst teams in the NL. They're, I think, the third worst team in the National League. And you have to sit and question and go, you know, what went wrong? Same thing with the Cubs. You know, it's like these teams that were successful just recently. What happens? Do they not have the same turnout? of players, do they, you know, whatever. But the NL East is surprising because I thought the Braves were really going to separate themselves from the NL East. I've said that for a couple of years, but they just didn't. And you see like the teams like the Phillies and the Mets just kind of slowly creep in. Um actually it was the Mets for a long time. They started losing everybody. It's just a mess. And the NL East is a mess. But uh so yeah, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Who who ends up winning uh who ends up winning that division? And 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 go from there, and 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 we'll see what happens. And then this is my last surprise, and and it's not necessarily a surprise. It's more of for me like excitement, right? Like I was a pitcher playing baseball. I was a pitcher, loved pitching. I was a, not a very great hitter, but I always hated facing good hitting. And I believe that the hitting is coming back to Major League Baseball. You're seeing more and more guys hitting multiple home runs in a game. I, the 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 home run numbers. I mean, it's. You know, it goes 39, 35, 33, 30, 30. And we're talking, you know, all different positions, catchers, you know, whatever. We're also talking averages. They're not amazing averages, but like, you know, 
they're still good. And it, it's just, it's fascinating to me just seeing the, the amount of hitting that is happening. Pitching's still good, but the hitting's coming back and you're seeing teams that are actually hitting really well and their pitching sucks. I.e. the Reds. Uh, so I'm interested to see, does this continue in the following years or does this kind of simmer out? I think we'll see. We'll, we'll have a better idea here very shortly. Um, but those are my big surprises of baseball. And I want to finish baseball with one thing. And we talk about the field of dreams. I don't know if you get to watch it. I got to watch highlights. This is what baseball is all about. The most watched baseball game in a very long time. It's a baseball game that brought in every element of what baseball is. If you've ever seen the old movie, watch it. It's amazing. Field of dreams. It, it was an amazing moment. The way the game ended as well with the walk-off. Like, that's what I remember baseball as a kid. And I wish more people would see baseball that way. And I hope people do. I hope people, more people come to the game of baseball because it brings so much joy, so much happiness, so much excitement uh, to the game of baseball. And I know next year the Reds are in it, which I'm super excited to watch. I think it's going to be really cool. I uh, wish I could go to it. It's in Iowa. Um, but yeah, it, it's super cool to see. And I hope they do more things like this to bring the history back to the game of baseball uh, and bring that history to the young people of the game as well. So that's, that's my baseball. That's what we're going to talk about for baseball this week. We're going from the baseball diamond. We're going to the hardcore, hard court, the hardwood floor. There we go. So from the baseball diamond to the hardwood floor, we're going to be talking about some NBA summer league and my top five picks that are impressing me. And we're going to do that right now. So before we're moving on to, so before, excuse me, I can't talk. So before we move on to the NBA basketball, if you're watching, I know I changed shirts. I spilled some stuff on my shirt, so I was getting a break. That's why there's a cut, so I apologize. It will be okay. I hope it doesn't hurt your feelings too much that I changed shirts. So, uh, like I was saying, we're going to talk about a little bit of the NBA Summer League, and then we'll move on to, to the final couple things that I wanted to share with you all. And so, yeah, NBA Summer League. You know, if you don't know what it is, if you've never watched the NBA Summer League, Summer League is basically, imagine like... All of like when if you played high school basketball, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like all the guys that might not get to play a lot during the season, they basically play for your team. So basically, like for the Cavaliers example, they play like their their new draft picks and a whole bunch of no name guys. And so that's what's really fun about this because it's like that's what's really fun is because you see a lot of no namers or like guys you remember watching in college, like. There's always guys that when I watch these games, I'm like, oh, I remember watching him when he played in college. That's what's really cool. Um, but the biggest thing that impressed me during the NBA Summer League so far this year is like how good the top five rookies were. It's like Mobley, Green, uh, Suggs. I'm trying to think of the other guys. Barnes, and then there's one more, the number one pick, Cunningham. And all these guys, they played really well. And what it shows you is like the game of basketball is getting so much better. And, and, Young guys are able to compete. Yes, this is not against the LeBron James of the world or anything, but they're competing against very high-level competition. And it just shows the talent that's there and the talent that will continue to be there. Um, again, I'm interested to see how this translates, right? Like, I, I'm interested to see, does this translate to the regular season or is this just going to be like this now? Because, I mean, you have guys like, forget his name, He's playing for the the Celtics summer league team, and he's balling out. He goes to do a pro am, which is like a another like professional thing in the summer, 
he drops 92 points, right? Yeah. Will we see that in the NBA? Probably not. But what that shows is like these guys can ball. They're willing to go out and ball for anybody. And you see like a lot of these veteran guys are, hey, I'm trying to fight for a spot too. And that's what makes the summer league so cool. I love the NBA summer league. I wish I could talk about college basketball right now, but there's really nothing going on. Uh, So we're going to go from the summer league to sort of the NFL version of the summer league, but it's the NFL preseason. And we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL preseason. We're going to talk about, first off, what it is, what what it's kind of like, what, what you look at, and then the reason why I don't really care for it that much. But I still, like, enjoy watching them. I just don't care for it. Um, I know this year they've dropped it from four preseason games, I believe, to three, if I'm not mistaken. mistaken really, yeah, mistaken. There we go. Um, I'm not for sure. Don't quote me on that. But I believe they dropped it to three due to there being 17 regular season games this year. Um, but basically, the NFL preseason is your ability as coaches, a team to look at your rookies and to look at guys that you think might make your team. So I believe it's like starts out with like 90, a 90 man roster. I can't remember the top of my head. And then you slim it down. You have to get down to 53 by the end of the preseason. So it's a lot of heartbreak for a lot of guys. Um, but a lot of guys make the name for themselves uh, in, in training camp. And I've noticed that a lot during the preseason, during training camp, is you see a lot of no names for the Browns specifically. You know, they've had some young guys. They played one preseason game. And they've had some young guys really show up, uh, really kind of ball out, as I would say, as I like to call it. Um, and I believe if I look up all my stats here, I believe, yeah, the Browns, what they beat the Jaguars, which is, it's it's good. But like, you know, you have guys like Laloetta, who is the third string quarterback, threw two touchdowns, 200 yards, didn't really do anything rushing, but, you have young dudes, like I'm thinking about Peoples-Jones, who's looked amazing in training camp, looked amazing. And you know, you can go on and on. You look at the rookies and everything like that. But what I love about it is what you look for in the preseason is you look for guys that are going to have that grit. They're going to define your team or what your team mentality is. And when you have your team mentality and that's the focus, I think it makes guys, guys it makes you realize that what guys haven't, what guys don't. Um, there are guys that come into the training camp to preseason that just, you know, right away that don't have it. Uh, and they're usually the first one to cut. And the question is like, what have I been seeing, right? Like I've been trying to pay attention to a few of the training camps, the preseason games I, I'm really seeing is that a lot of no name guys are really trying to make the name for themselves, which I think is awesome. Um, what I'm also seeing is that you don't have as many veterans or at least guys I've recognized, you know, really trying to make a name for themselves which is good and bad, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, dynamic that you have in preseason. I love preseason. Like I said, it's probably one of my, I should say, I don't like preseason, but I like preseason as if that makes any sense. I'll explain why. Reason why I love preseason. You see a lot of young guys. Reason why I don't is I feel like if you're not going to play your starters or them, them that often kind of what's, what's the main purpose? Like, I'm glad they dropped it to three. I've always believed they should drop it to two. Two preseason games, make your cuts, make your decisions, and then move on from there. That's what I've always believed. I think it might happen. Who knows? So yeah, that's that's what the preseason is. That's what the NFL preseason is. And um, I love it. The the, cra- the the weirdest thing was I was on the tram on the way back from work as I'm uh, right before I was recording this. And uh, I saw a notification that Tim Tebow is released. And if you didn't know, Tim Tebow you know, retired from baseball last, last spring, 
and tried to make it back into the NFL as a tight end for the Jaguars, playing for Urban Meyer, an old coach. And, and you know, do I wish he could have made it? Yes. Do I think he was cut out? I think if you gave him more time, yes. If he had more experience, yes. He just couldn't block. He didn't really, I watched him against the Browns, didn't really know what he was doing necessarily. Don't get me wrong. I love Tim Tebow. Love the guy. The person is one of those dudes that I think you really, you get to know his heart, especially as a Christian. You, you see his heart for ministry and everything like that. But when it comes to football, I just think, I hate to say it, but you know, maybe it's time to call it a career. You know, maybe it's time to say, you know what? I gave it a shot in another position. Couldn't make it. And especially on the Jaguars, like, um, but yeah, it, it was cool to see. Um, we'll see what happens. All the best to Tim. Uh, hopefully he makes a team uh, very shortly. So that's kind of what's going on. I believe in two weeks, I'm going to have kind of like a final, like after all the preseason games, I want to have a final like preview of the season. And we're going to talk about the Browns schedule. Um, I might do that next week. I don't know, but we'll have a, we'll have a look through everything next week is wedding week. So I have no idea what it's going to be like. Um, but anyway, so we're going to go from the NFL. We're going to go to the college ranks. Now we're going to talk about, we're, we're going to talk about a little bit of, we're, we're honestly not talking about any teams in the college football ranks. I'm going to talk about my big proposal that the NCAA should do. I believe should be done. Will it be done? I mean, nothing I ever proposed really goes, really happens. So I doubt it, but, but here it is. It's, it's, Two two phase or two faced two phase two faced. There we go. First thing, I believe there should be a ten team playoff. Ten teams, not twelve, not sixteen, not twenty four. Ten top ten teams end of the year. Top ten teams go play in the playoff. No matter if it's four from the Big Ten, four from the SEC, the top ten teams, the best teams. That's what the playoff should be. That's what the BCS was. The playoff should be the best ten teams should play. In the playoff. I think you have, I think I've, I decided it. What was it? You do the top two teams get a buy or something like that, basically in a weird way. I don't really know how I would shape it. The way I thought of it was, was the top 10 teams play. Um, and Oh no, this is how I had it was like, you had four, the top four teams, um, the, the eight, nine and 10, I'm, I'm getting all scattered here. Nine and 10 played each other. Um, and then you kind of had it to where the top four teams had a buy of some sort and got the winner of a game or whatever. I don't know how you would want to do it. I don't really know how to do it because I'm not great at that. But all I know is I think the top 10 teams, you give that chance to the top 10 teams. You don't, you can't leave out then a Cincinnati. You can't leave out, you know, a Penn state or, you know, an Texas A&M. You get the top 10 teams. You say, you guys are going to play it out. The best team. You could be the 10 seed and win it all. The best team wins at the end. Um, so I'm interested to see if that would ever happen. Probably not. Like I said, uh, it tends to not happen what I suggest, but who knows? Uh, it would be good for the Big Ten. It would be good for some of these con- conferences and everything like that. And this is where the second part of the thing, and I think it's the biggest proposal that I think the NCAA should do. So if NCAA, you're listening, hear me out. I think you combine two of the other conferences to match the SEC or the SEC might grab some other teams as well, which they probably will because they're SEC. This is what I could suggest. You combine four conferences into two. You take the Big Ten ACC 
you combine them, right? You you might even take the Big East or Conference USA or any of these conferences, you put them together, make a bigger conference. I think that benefits, you know, like the Clemsons, the highest states of the world, the Notre Dames, um, those kind of things. I know they've they've talked about doing a ACC, Big 12, uh, I mean, Pac-12, Big 10 alliance. I'm like, that's great. But I think this would even be better because it's my idea. Um, <laughs> I think then you'd combine Pac-12, Big 12, it's more geographically kind of done. You might switch like Nebraska to a few other teams to make it more even. But I think it just, it would work. I think it would be something that people would want to watch. It would be competing against the SEC. I mean, there's less chances for the SEC to really, really dominate. Um, and it gives a bigger name. You know, you can name them, whatever. If you have names, put them in the comments. I love to hear your name ideas for two conferences that are combining other conferences. Anyways. I think that way you still keep the Michigan high state rivalry. Cause I swear if that ever stops, I'll be very mad. Uh, we're catching up Michigan. We're catching up and uh, we're going to get there. I believe in my lifetime, we will pass Michigan and have more wins in the rivalry in the game. But that's just my opinion. So I, I, I that is kind of what I was thinking is uh, these are the two combinations and, and we see what happens. Do I think it'll work? That's all up to the NCAA. Will they ever do that? I don't know. But I, I will say that um, I think this is a great starting point for both things. You know, the 10 teams and then the, the multiple conferences. So the, you know, power five or power, yeah, power five, you go down to power three. And then you add a lot of other minor things. But again, I still think using the top 10, that means doesn't mean those conferences provide all the teams because you never know. Uh, I know schedules would be a lot crazier the, inside the conferences, but do you stretch out the season? That's a lot to talk about. We'll maybe talk about that in an upcoming episode. But before, before we depart and before we go, I wanted to share. I got to find it. I had it. Um, interesting. I had my interesting sports fact up, and now I, I lost it in my files here. And my internet has been a little slow. So we're going we're gonna to work with it here. Um, but my interesting sports fact is um, uh, is is kind of... I, I, I always say this because, um, I think it's, just, it's, it's, it's a funny fact. Um, I, I guess it's not really funny. Um, but it's interesting. Um, if, if you, I guess it's not really funny at all. I don't know why I think it's funny. I just giggled at this when I read it. If you've ever watched horse racing, my grandfather used to watch horse racing all the time. You know that you you know a lot of people bet on these horses. This is the crazy fact about this is that the favorite bet, so the horse that you're like, oh, it's going to win, only wins roughly thirty percent or less of the time. That to me is fascinating. Like, I love people that go in like they put all their money into that you know that the the winning one is so at least they get money or whatever, and they find out they lose. Like, I feel like I'm not a betting guy, but if I was, I feel like I'd be the one like, what's the coolest name? Like my friends, Johnny and and they, on their podcast, they were talking about funny horse names or like crazy horse names. Like I would totally call my horse. Um, I would totally call it uh, definitely Champ X. Um, and the only reason I say that is an inside joke for my friend, Josh. It's, it's a very funny joke, inside joke. But I don't know why I said that, but uh, <laughs> I just wanted to name a horse. 
I just think it's fascinating because like you think of all the people that spend millions and millions of dollars or thousands of dollars or whatever to bet on these horses. And like, it's such a, such random things can happen that could cause a different outcome. And that's why I was like, first off, never bet. Cause that's just a waste of money anyways, but it is fascinating. So that is your interesting fact is that the best, the favorite bet of horse races only win 30% of the time. So it's a waste of money as most of those things are. But anyways, I hope that you've enjoyed this is a little shorter episode than I normally do. Uh, just with like time and stuff, it's a little shorter, but hopefully you got some interesting facts in like the betting of horses. And I also hope that you got in some great uh, news articles, things that we've talked about that's happening in sports. I hope we covered as many angles as we could, maybe not as many as we should, but we tried. So that's all that matters. And so I want to remind you that if you've loved this uh, episode of the podcast, make sure you favorite it on all your streaming devices. And if you've loved the uh, podcast on YouTube, if you love watching it, go ahead and click that thumbs up button, uh, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. That'll allow me to see that you're enjoying these, that you're really enjoying the content, that you want to see more of the sports podcasts come out of this baseline podcast. Uh, and hopefully I will see you next time next week as we come out with a new baseline podcast episode where we're trying to cover all the angles. And until next time, we'll see ya.